The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Rob McDermott, movies editor with Hot Press, is with us. And there's a lot of new releases this week. Let's start with one star- starring the rising Irish star. Well, I think he's risen to the top already. Barry Keoghan, Saltburn. What's this about? I think if you're Oscar nominated, you've risen, you've risen pretty Absolutely. well. <laughs> this is from Emirate Fennell, who people would know as an actress from The Crown, but was known as a director from Promising Young Woman, which starred Kerry Mulligan, came out in 2020. And this is a really intriguing, nasty, vicious, twisty, but really good fun movie that I really, really enjoyed a lot. So Barry Keoghan plays Oliver Quick, who's this kind of swatty, working class fresher student in Oxford, who's a scholarship kid. And he finds himself kind of out of his league at Oxford everyone else is more beautiful and more wealthy cooler than he though it is set in 2006 so nobody looks cool there's a lot of tragic eyebrow piercings um, but he notices that Felix played by Jacob Elordi who people know from Euphoria is the most popular man at, at Oxford and he kind of falls into his orbit a little bit and because Oliver has such a tragic backstory he's working class he has a story of parental addiction of death Felix decides to kind of take Oliver under his wing and invites him to spend the at his family mansion called Saltburn and so Oliver arrives and this glorious mansion and the second he sees it it's like Pride and Prejudice where Elizabeth Bennet said I fell for him the moment I saw his glorious grounds at Pemberley because he sees this <laughs> access to this world that he could never imagine but he also has to deal with Jacob's family who are very very dysfunctional and very hard to read lot. There's Venetia, Felix's beautiful but troubled sister, his absolutely fantastical and passive-aggressive mother, Elizabeth, played brilliantly by Rosamund Pike. She's so wickedly funny in this. Richard E. Grant plays this kind of eccentric father. And then there's Felix's sceptical cousin, Farley, who has kind of been frowned upon by the family. But as Oliver learns, nobody in the family ever says directly what they're thinking. They will fawn over you in your presence and behind your back they will say absolutely scathing things. So as Oliver says to himself, I would really like to be a part of this life. All the machinations and Machiavellian power plays begin where he's trying to get in with the family. The family are trying to figure out what they think of him and a summer of absolute madness kicks off. Well, let's Um, hear a clip from it. In this clip, Oliver, played by Barry Keoghan, meets the aristocratic Caton family. Oh, it'll be some awful stuff. Oh, some sort of squat. And both his parents were dealing God, and his mother's a drunk. I mean, babies can be really affected. Traumatised. Oh, they come out drunk. Is that right? He had to put his fingers down his mother's throat oh, to yeah. make her sick. Oh, Farley, that's private stuff. Well, you told us. In confidence. His mother's sick. Oh, darling, his mother was sick. His mother was sick. I, I think that's actually rather normal when you're poor. I think when you're poor, that sort of thing does happen a little bit more. Uh, one like time. Good luck. He doesn't smile much. Farley seems to think he's ghastly. Why are you so dark not attractive? And just I think we'll come back to that because the sound quality is not as it should be on that. Uh, do you recommend Saltburn as something to go in zero? I think it's wickedly good fun. I think Barry Keoghan is masterful in this. He switches from naive to kind of perversely malicious in it. Everybody is having a ball. I will say the last act goes a little bit wild. It probably should have ended about 15 minutes before it does and kind of loses the plot. But until then, it's twisty. It's fun. It's kind of Brideshead revisited, makes the talented Mr. Ripley just excellent good fun. From the 21st century as well. Okay, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is the prequel to the original Hunger Games series. 
Yeah, so this is set around the 10th Hunger Games, so about 60 years before we meet Katniss. And this is uh, the origin story of Coriolanus Snow, who is embodied in the original trilogy by Donald Sutherland, who is the villain of the piece. He's the man who orchestrates the games, who watches as children are, are forced to kill each other, essentially. But this is his backstory. So it's exploring what it was like in the capital for him growing up when the Hunger Games was in was at, at the 10th Hunger Games. And it's not doing too well. It's not doing what the organisers wanted to do. They wanted as this method of controlling the districts, but nobody is tuning in. So Carlinus is about 19. He's a really good student, but he comes from a really wealthy family, but his father has died and his family is now destitute, but he's desperately trying to keep up his appearances in his elite school. And he needs to win something called the Plinth Prize, which is a financial prize for the top students. However, this year, because nobody is watching the Hunger Games, the top students are told that they must mentor um, an, a competitor in the Hunger Games and they must get views viewers to watch. So they have to make their competitor really compelling viewing and only then are they in the trance of uh, winning the Plinth Prize. So Carolinus is assigned to Lucy Gray, who is a member of the Covey, or kind of Romani people who are forced into the districts. She's a beautiful singer, not much of a fighter, and he has to keep her alive in the games long enough that people will fall for her and also turn her into a bit of a performer so they fall in love with her and will support her and tune in. So they have a bit of a budding romance. It's not completely believable it's a bit like Liesel and Rolf in The Sound of Music where you're going, honey, I know he's good looking, but he's literally a Nazi. Um, but so the first part of the movie is about the Hunger Games. It's about Lucy Gray trying to survive. It's about Coralinus in the capital pulling the strings from the background. So it's playing with the politics of the capital, the increasing PR focus of the Hunger Games and their romance. Then in the second half of the movie, it kind of goes into what happens after the games and Coralinus's move from this idealistic young man who's in love with a girl into the villain that we know for the Hunger Games. The first half of it is really, really good fun. The two actors are really, really fantastic. Tom Blythe has a lot to play with the role of Coriolanus. And Rachel Ziegler, who people would know from West Side Story, beautiful singer, really nice performance. And their romance, while not fully believable, has enough chemistry to bring along. And the Hunger Games are really good fun. The second half is a bit of a slog. And I feel like emotionally, they're trying to transform this young teenager into the villain of an upcoming trilogy. And they rush that emotional beat but I will say it was much more entertaining than I expected and really good performances throughout so I think Hunger Games fans will be very happy and even if you're on, kind of on the fence about it it is entertaining. We've just had Ken, Ken Wardrop on with us and Jason Phelan was with him one of the participants in So This Is Christmas. What did you make of it? Oh, I love Ken. I loved This Is Christmas. I watched this at quarter past ten in the morning and came out with my mascara absolutely all over my place. So this, of course, follows the, the lives of five people who really find Christmas a really, really difficult time for various reasons. So we have widower Jason, who's facing the first Christmas without his beloved soulmate Roxy and he's raising his two children. We have Loretta, who is a single mother who's really struggling financially to support her three kids, let alone buy them Christmas presents. We have Mary, who's struggling with an eating disorder. We have older Annette who's really isolated and Shane who seems like a happy-go-lucky kind of man but doesn't have a lot of family and all of them for these different reasons, grief, loneliness and eating disorder, uh, loss are really struggling around Christmas time and I think what's beautiful about this film is Ken as we know from gorgeous films like Mom and Me and His and Hers, he's used to doing films where he interviews, interviews up to 70 people in a film and we get these tiny little snapshots with them. Here he really stays with his interviewee 
stories and he gets into the depth of feeling and their experiences and he really gets into the depth of the grief and the struggles that people go through. So Jason, for example, speaks about he had to learn how to make the dinner, the Christmas dinner, and his dying wife, Roxy, had to teach him that so that he could provide that for his kids so their first Christmas wouldn't be completely different. We get Annette, who's the older woman who speaks uh, so beautifully and poignantly about loneliness is one thing but being forgotten is another which just is really really important and then Mary has an eating disorder and eating disorders still affect so many people and of course the holidays are such a difficult time because it's so food focused so I think Ken is really looking at experiences that are so often incorrectly mired in silence and shame and really bringing them to light and I have to say I, I often come out of Ken's films thinking that they're beautiful and wanting to talk about them I think this is going to drive so much action and making people really act it made me come out of this and go number one I need to help my mother with the Christmas prep and I really want to check in on my elder new neighbours because it's so much about connection and what happens around Christmas when that connection is lost in about 40 seconds tell us about May December May December this is Todd Haynes who is uh, taking the role of a Hollywood star and her true crime character, Julianne Moore. Uh, Natalie Portman is playing the actress who's going to portray Julianne Moore, who is caught in a sexual relationship with a seventh grader at the age of 36. It's set 20 years on. Uh, Julianne Moore is still with the boy who she had the relationship with. And Natalie Portman invades their small town life uh, in order to research for her part. But as she does, all this uh, issues of abuse and betrayal and what how could you possibly build a relationship on that foundation? All of these issues start to come to the fore. But it's also about two women who are constantly performing for the people in their life who know they've had a role assigned to them. People perceive them okay. in a different way and never let their guard down. Fascinating, bizarre, very uncomfortable, very well worth a watch. Ron McDermott from Hot Press, thank you. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-